What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Scorching Trails Episode 2. Here on a Friday night, we're live. We don't plan on doing many of these live, but tonight we are live. It will be a little bit more interactive than normal. And we got Stephen Vaughn here. I'm Tori Jones, and we're going to discuss some preseason. Stephen, before the stream, Stephen's just like, I, I don't want to talk about preseason. So now I'm really tempted to just give him like some some preseason hot takes, some preseason overreactions. Stephen, are you looking forward to this podcast? Uh, yeah, but just you know, preseason hot takes, Tori. This is not my thing. I uh, I heard from uh, I got sources. I got little sources everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that you're already mad about DeAndre Ayton. You're already complaining about him. And uh, I, I haven't listened to either of you guys' post game stream. I'll be honest. Still, I still don't follow you guys on Twitter, which is fine. But uh, at least Blazers Uprise, that is. But uh, yeah, I've heard you. You know, you're talking trash about DeAndre Ayton already. I'm just. It's two preseason games, one against the New Zealand Breakers. Like, I'm just, I'm not ready to give up on the season yet. Not ready. (laughs) I hate you. Um, Apparently, your your little sources weren't really listening either because that's really not what it was at all. But, uh, yeah, you know what, Stephen? If you want to know what I actually said, you can maybe go back and watch one of our streams. But uh, Aiton last night, I mean, he got cooked by Nurk. Got cooked by Nurk. It was fine. Okay. You were, you had to have been just celebrating probably. You? <laughs> you know what, man? I, it's like, very I weird. See, I could see you in your little room just clapping. Clapping for Nurk with your little Nurk jersey on. Nurk. I, w- I was actually so I was actually live with my oh, son's you were, friends. You were streaming, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was, did see that. I saw that. I, when Aiden and Nurk play against each other, I want both of them to do well. You know what I mean? I thought Nurk got too much hate, so seeing him do well in Phoenix would be a cool thing especially if he can help them take down Denver take down Jokic because I just think there's a lot of false narratives out there regarding Nurk that I would like to see him you know silence the doubters silence the haters Suns fans weren't too excited to get him but I mean man he looked good last night and you know they don't need him to get 16 17 18 a night if he does that's just gravy uh they need him to do all the little things so he looked good, but no, I was not trash-talking Aiton. I do think um, his interview that he had the other day where he seemed a little pissed off and then there was some questionable effort on a couple plays last night isn't exactly what you want to see right now, but it's not something to worry about until it gets into the regular season. And basically, my whole thing is he has a great chance. He has to go into next season with the right mindset to dominate, right? That's what he said dominating that's what you're gonna get dominating yeah he has to go into the next season with the right mindset because he do he does have a really good opportunity so um i hope that he's already not souring because i heard you know that that interview where he responded to to quick and was like mad about them asking him about phoenix i do yeah i saw that so i heard the star of that interview a little weird yeah so i heard the star of that interview because they didn't, the Blazers didn't post it. I heard the start of that interview, and there was a question about how, um, basically, God, what was it? They asked him about the first preseason game the night before, and Aiden's basically, and I'm paraphrasing, Aiden's basically just like, "What do you mean the first preseason game? I barely played. What do you mean? Like it sounds just sounds pissed off, and uh, you know that that kind of perked my 
ear a little bit. Um, he's all, he's already really happy here. It sounds like. Yeah. So I I don't know. You know, it, none of this really matters. It's just not. You know, I, I want to see him playing hard. You know, and in preseason, maybe my expectations are a little too high though because it's freaking preseason, as as you would say. No, I well, that is what I would say. Uh, but I I know what you mean because it's because for you. You look at Aiden's contract and you're like, all right, this guy should be dominant, right? Like this guy should completely dominate the league or at least dominate the New Zealand breakers. And even even if he doesn't try or if he does try, like he should go out and dominate. He just doesn't like this is not who he is. He never has been and never will be. And so you get mad. You look at the money side and get mad. I think if you were just like take a step back and we wiped away all money, you'd be like, all right, this guy's OK. Like he makes mistakes, but he does some OK things. Am I wrong on that? No, you're not wrong. I mean, I think it just comes down to, like, a lot of centers have the same problems that, you know, I think people made out to be a Nurk thing, but were more so just a problem with big men in general. Like, when you're seven feet tall playing against the best athletes in the world, you're going to look slow. You're going to look lethargic compared to them, especially after you play five, six, seven minutes in a row. Even if you're an athletic big, it's hard to keep that energy level up because... It's physics. You got more mass to move around compared to these other shorter, quicker guys. So, you know, like, I think a lot of big men, their motor wanes at times. And when you have Nurkic for like six or seven years in a row, that's all you know. Because you're not watching other centers as hard as Blazer fans kind of studied Nurkic, watched Nurkic the past, you know, three, four years. So you notice Nurk when... His body language changes a little bit. His energy gets down a little bit. And it becomes a, oh, a Nurk is lazy thing or Nurk is pouting thing. Nurk is lethargic, this or that. But I, I think that's a problem with a lot of bigs in the NBA. And I think it's just a, it becomes a situation where the grass is always greener regarding that. Like Aiton needs a fresh start. Nurk needs a fresh start, right? So both fan bases are happy right now because they have something fresh, have something new. And that's why it's just going to be interesting to compare both these big men going on over the course of the season. And I'm going to compare them. I'm going to compare Nurk. I'm going to compare Aiton. I'm going to compare those guys to each other because they got flipped for each other and because they're in each other's situations now. Nurk's in Phoenix, Aiden is in Portland, so I think it'll be fascinating. Yeah, that's uh, that's really fair. I think of you to, you can compare them. Like you definitely can compare them because, especially for Phoenix, because they're actually trying to win an NBA championship, and we saw what happened last season. Like they really could have used DeAndre Aiden at certain times, and he just wasn't there for them. So like, is Nurk going to be there every night and have nice games? I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm I'm excited to watch that. I just you know. The whole preseason thing, Tori, like, I just can't get mad at people for not playing in the preseason because I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for uh, these guys that boomed in the preseason to have big time careers all the way back to, you know, Armand Johnson, who I was a big fan of in the preseason. Um, I'm waiting for him to have a nice season with the Blazers. And of course, Mario Huzonia. Uh, I heard numerous. He is Draymond Green like. Uh, takes from people mm-hmm. uh, still waiting for Mario Hazonia to have a big impact in the NBA. And then of course, you know, my favorite Harry Giles, um, I'm still waiting for him to be on an NBA team. I think that would be cool if he could make a team first before we're like, Oh yeah, this guy's good. And he needs to play more. Uh, but yeah, did no, you, so let's just not overre- overreact to preseason. Did you see Harry Giles last night? No, I don't. Did you I see didn't. his stat line last night? Harry Giles. Well, it was probably just know who he's he was with. in Portland. 
Yeah, uh, well, you know, since since you love some preseason Long and Don you love Tigers some Harry Harry Long Giles. No, no, he was playing for the Brooklyn Nets, right? Last night, going up against Maccabi. It was the team we played last year. I don't know how to pronounce it. Maccabi Ra'anana? I don't know. But Harry Giles last night, 16 points, 10 rebounds, 8 for 10 from the field. Is he ready to make an impact on an NBA team? He's ready. This is the year. (laughs) It's only four years too late. Why do you dislike Harry Giles so much? Because this has been a I thing. I don't. I just. This has been I, a thing I, I, where we, every time he gets brought up, you're just like, oh. Because I was told how good he is for the Blazers. He needs to play more. And everyone's like, oh, this guy's really awesome. Well, th- how come when he plays, he doesn't do well then? Because he had a good preseason. Well, okay, awesome. Lots of guys have really good preseasons. The preseason and the regular season are completely different. Like that's that's my problem. Harry Giles can be awesome. I hope he's good. I hope he has a nice ends up making the team for the Nets and has a good career. I just was tired of hearing about him and saying, "Hey, he needs to play more" because he wasn't good when he was on the Blazers. You know what he's a perfect example of? Something called the minutes paradox where the case is, "Oh, he just needs to play minutes and get an opportunity to be good," right? But the problem is he's not good enough. To get minutes and get an opportunity. To get minutes. So it's it's a paradox. Um, and that's there's a lot of players where it's like, they just need a true opportunity. They just need a fresh start and they'll be good. But the problem is they're not good enough for that. So you can always sit here, especially with highly ranked high school prospects that end up in the NBA and don't look dominant like they did in high school, right? Or just high draft picks in general. I mean, you brought up Mario Hazonia. We saw it with Cam Reddish last year where he came in. And, exactly. Trust me, I've I've been on your side more often than not with these guys that come in and they're former top 10 picks. And it's like, there's a reason why they're on their third team five years into their career. And it's always been, well, you know, with Hazonia, it was, well, he's stuck on a bad Knicks team and a bad Magic team, Portland's going to be the situation to fix them. And it's um, Cam Reddish was the same way. Nick Stauskas was the same way, even, if you want to go back to him. Thomas Robinson was a top five pick, you know, fifth overall pick. One pick before Dame, and we brought him in. He didn't turn his career around. Uh, and then you got DeAndre Ayton, who's the number one pick, and that's the narrative we've heard all summer is, you know, he just needs a fresh start. Portland will fix him. Um, but at least he, like, will put up numbers. He's Okay, right? so like he's, actually a, he's actually a solid player. None of those other guys right, were, like, solid right. players. So it's different, but, man, I when has it ever turned out where a former top 10 pick is on their third team and all of a sudden figures it out because they're on their third team? Is there even well, an example of that happening? I need to, I'll start thinking about that. But that's like the whole, the whole Nasir Little thing. Like he was a top guy out of high school going to North Carolina, underperformed, falls in the draft, and you see him dunk, and we're like, oh man, we fall in love with him. And I just, I never understood any of the hype with Nasir Little. Like I never did. And, you know, even that four year contract, like it looks cheap on the surface, but like he did nothing to like earn that contract. He was hurt all the time. And so I, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, you always take shots on those high schoolers, though, like those top prospects in high school. You take a shot and you give them a second, you give them a third, you know, opportunity because they have a lot of talent, and they go to you know North Carolina or Duke for a reason. So I don't know, man. I just yeah, you know who the next one is going to be for us? Bull Bull. Uh, 
Yeah, he's on like his 12th team already. Yeah, but you know, he went to Oregon and he was a highly Hey, Kendrick Perkins big. said he's going to win the defensive player of the year. Yeah, Back what the off. Hell, man. What the hell are we doing here? At ESPN? Off the bench. Okay. Off the bench. You just made me think of that ESPN. That is one of the worst. I mean, Corey, you've had some bad takes. I've had some bad takes. We all have bad takes. That is one of the worst takes I've ever heard in my life. And I'm not like, seriously, one of the worst. There's bad takes and then there's dumb takes. There's a difference. Right. Yes. And yes. that's just a dumb that's just a dumb take. It's just you haven't paid attention to Bull Bull for years. It's just because he's seven two and somewhat mobile, you just assume he can be a really good defensive big man. The problem is fan bases who have had Bull Bull have also made that same assumption and then they're like, Oh wait, he's he's actually not that good. And Suns fans were super excited for him going into this season and they're starting to realize like, Oh wait, he he's doesn't seem that great. All right, I, they're starting I found to a player I found a player who was a top three pick was on what's the one, two, three teams. And on his fourth team, that's when he really boomed. Who's that? The head coach of the Portland Trailblazers, Chauncey Billups. Okay. So we got to go back to when you were in high I just, school. I, I I was just trying to think of guys and I knew he was picked in the top three and yeah, he you know, no, drafted Boston, traded to Toronto, then traded to Denver, traded to Minnesota, then to Detroit. That's a good example. That's a good example, but um, man, I don't know. And it was, I mean, but that's what we talk about the perfect example or like the perfect opportunity. Like Detroit obviously fit his game. Like yeah. slow it down, play defense, hit some shots. I'm going to start thinking about more. That was just the first guy I thought of. So yeah, chat. Also, if you guys come up with anyone, yeah. let let us know. And you brought up Kendrick Perkins, and it made me think of ESPN, <laughs> and I was really pissed off because of ESPN last night because. I went. Oh, I on... thought you were gonna say because the top 100 players and your boy Anthony Simons was like 90. Oh, that'll be next. Seconds. Let's let's do let's do that next. Yeah, this is just gonna be a show where we just hate on ESPN. Um, okay. But before we get to that, okay, this is like completely off topic. But last night I went to ESPN.com. Did anyone else go to ESPN.com? Chat, what was on ESPN.com? I assume you didn't because you don't know where I'm going with this yet. No, I have no idea. What, you're what game about. was last night? Uh, the Blazers. Nope. We're off uh, topic I don't know. Here. Chiefs and Broncos. oh Thursday night. Okay, football. Okay. So I go to ESPN and the the main image is like a a video, and the caption is Brittany Mahomes and Taylor Swift embrace each other. Breaking news. I am so tired of the Taylor Swift stuff, man. Why? <laughs> You got a problem with Taylor Swift? I don't have a problem with Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is fine. The problem is it's being shoved down our throats for five weeks straight. Like, well, okay, why is it the you, front page at ESPN? Are you defending? Would you rather have him show just some weird drunk dude in the crowd or Taylor Swift? It's, like, who cares? It's a sports network. Show sports. The Phillies beat the Braves. I, do you care about baseball at all? Oh yeah, dude, I love I love baseball. Yeah, I mean the Phillies. Baseball's my first love. The Phillies beat the Braves. You got Thursday night football. You even got NBA preseason action if you want to be dumb with it. But instead, we get Brittany Mahomes and Taylor Swift front page. Uh, Just disgusting. Another guy. Another guy is Laurie Markinen. Would you say him? That's actually probably. Eh, he was. He was. He was good. Yeah, he, was solid he wasn't with like Chicago and Cleveland. He wasn't like bad. Right. I'm looking for a player so that we're was talking, like bad. We're talking for, like bad. Yeah, okay. like because Cam Reddish has been bad. Mario Zonia has been bad. Nick Stauskas was bad. Like all these guys I'll were bad. 
I'll keep looking. But yeah, Markinen is a guy third team pop to an all star. But yeah, he's not bad. So okay, no. But Taylor Swift. Okay, I here's my here's my Taylor Swift take. I like Taylor Swift because she writes her own music and she performs her own music, and I think that is very underrated. Like you as a uh, content creator, there, Tori, you should respect that because there's a lot of people that don't write their own music and they don't even necessarily perform. Like. You know, it, it's her out there, and she does it. So for that, I respect it. I don't care. You know, the music is what it is. I don't have a problem with it, but I don't have a problem with them showing Taylor Swift. Like she is, she is a super duper star, and so they're going to show her. Of course they are. Like well, who else are they going to show? I don't want to see Brittany Mahomes. I'd rather see Taylor Swift. She's she is unbelievably famous. <laughs> okay, I did not e- expect this podcast to become you defending Taylor Swift. <laughs> I, I love Taylor Swift. I'm not disrespecting her as a musician. I'm disrespecting Hater. Hater. her as a sports icon. This is what I'm doing. She's a sports icon. Apparently ESPN because they want to throw her up on the front well, page every time the Chiefs are in the you news. You know what? You should throw Taylor Swift up on your YouTube channels and you'll probably get more clicks. <laughs> like that's not, I mean, not a does, terrible idea. Does right? Scoot Henderson need a Taylor Swift in his life? Is Scoot Henderson dating Taylor Swift? We'll break it down. Scoot Henderson steals Taylor Swift from Travis Kelsey. These are some good video ideas. See, this is why I keep you around as like a media guy because you have these great <laughs> ideas. So, let's see. I'm trying to think of like I got to go back and look at NBA drafts. That's what I'm doing. Okay, sorry. You're we'll good. Continue. So continue. let's 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 segue onto the top 100 list. Which okay, let me just say this. Like I understand ESPN's NBA top 100 list is supposed to have some controversial rankings in it because that's what gets clicks and that's their job, right? Like, I understand the game that's being played there. If they had the perfect top 100 list, nobody would talk about it. And it wouldn't be successful. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. But, uh... Anthony Simons gets ranked, what what was he, 85th on their top 100? Yeah, I think he was, what, 92 the season before? And then he was... Something like that. I'll, I'll check it out. But yeah, it was right around in the mid 80s, mid low 80s. Yeah. So as our resident Anthony Simons hater, do you think that's too high or too low? I mean, it, OK, so he, <laughs> I don't know that it's necessarily too high or too low. I kind of think it's about right because here's my thing with Anthony Simons. Very efficient, can score the basketball. You're going to argue with me that he's a better defender than what I give him credit for. Okay, that's fine. But I think we can both agree he's not a great defender. 85th, by the way. You're right. Um, Not a great defender. So to be a 6'3 guard who is a good scorer and not a good defender, I think you can find those guys in the NBA. Like, not to that efficiency that he has necessarily, but you can find guys that score 21 points a game. Because... All these dudes are just that good in the NBA. Look at like Tyler Hero. Nobody wants Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is a better player than Anthony Simons. How? What is and he better at than Anthony Simons? Everything. He's better what? offensively than what Anthony is he, Simons. What is he better at? He's not not a better three point shooter. Not better inside the arc. I mean, He's this is just creator. statistically speaking, better at creating less efficient shots. Because he's less efficient from he's inside. Also, he's, also, he's also he's also done it in big time situations, right? What like last year playoffs? Like uh, yeah, when he, yeah, yeah, when he they made the finals without him. I mean, you, he did it in the mean? bubble. They literally are the exact same three point percentage. I don't know what you're talking about. Last year, well, you said last he's season, better. Thir- last season, thir- 
Infinity yeah, Simon's 37. more 37. volume. Tyler okay, Hero's so let's look at the volume. So let's look at the volume. Let's look at the volume. I'm on basketball reference right now. Tyler Hero is a better. I think look, this is just me. I think Tyler Hero is a better creator. I think he's just a little better offensively. I'm not saying that Tyler Hero is awesome either. Like that's why the Blazers didn't want him. But what I'm saying is, is <laughs> Anthony Simon's like you can find dudes that can just score the basketball. Like, right, and then don't play defense. The or don't play great defense. The problem is they're all, for whatever reason, all these like similar players are all regarded much higher than Amfrey Simons. Even Tyler Hero. But are they though? Are they? Because, yes. Look, I think. Look, I don't think so because I think the Blazers were trying to trade Amfrey Simons in the summer, and nobody wanted them. Just like the Blazers didn't want Tyler Hero. Like I just don't think there's a there's big a- need to find to go after and get these six three six four shooting guards that don't play defense and all they do is score because if they don't score then what are they going to do like jordan clarkson is ranked ahead of anthony simons i brought this up to you before i've looked at their stats and i'm like jordan clarkson is just as good as anthony simons is statistically and you laughed at me and you're like no way but it's like yeah because then i went and looked at the stats and didn't see it that's literally the level that anthony simons is on right now because of what he does he has to improve a lot to get to that next level Clarkson is a far worse shooter. Far worse shooter. They're similar in every regard, except Clarkson is a far worse shooter. So he's worse except off the ball. Ugh. So he needs the ball in his hands. Um, yeah, and he's better with the ball in his hands than Anthony Simons. That's not even a question. I, I don't. I, I don't. We'll, we'll find out. Look, Anthony Simons. Here's my thing with Simons: is he has to do it on the biggest of stages when the Blazers are trying to win. As as long as he's been trying to play. Like or been getting playing time, the Blazers haven't really been trying to win, so it's hard to say. Like, I just don't know that he's a winning player quite yet, and maybe he is. Maybe he pops and he has a great season, becomes that alpha that a lot of Blazer fans, including you, I think, think he could be. But I just, I just don't think that he's that guy. I think if he was in Miami, he would be looked at as a winning player. I think if he was in Miami, he would give them exactly what they need in order to try and get over the hump. Right, like it would be the same way you're looking at Tyler Hero being a guy that performs in in big games and has done it on the biggest of stages. Like Anthony Simons, I don't think is someone that is scared of the big stage. He seems very even keeled, very good mentality on his shoulders. Like doesn't seem to be bothered by much. Right, like I don't think it's a problem where he can't handle that sort of stage. I just think he hasn't really been given the right situation, and he's the type of guy where, like, if we Ooh, trade another him away situation. to a good team, <laughs> got to get into the right situation. I mean, you're—he's gotten minutes for what a year and a half, and that first but, half. Okay, a year, but here's, here's my thing: if, if Dame Jordan, was he's hurt. So effective. He's so effective. Why have the Blazers not won anything? Not not even close. Because they the last they, with him scoring. Yeah, I mean, they. Didn't play defense Damian last Lillard. year. Everyone they didn't play Damian defense is, last year. Is the best. They didn't play <laughs> the defense last win year. With Dame and and and, and they were only two and a half games out of home court advantage when they decided to blow it up. All right. So. All right. You could. You. I guess you could give me this. Oh, they were close. Yeah. They. Right. They. I mean, statistically speaking, they were close. They're two and a half games out of five hundred or out of um, home court advantage when they traded Josh Hart away for Cam Reddish, who sucks. I, th- I think the guy we're looking for, Chris Dunn, that's a, that's a guy who was a top five pick, bounced around the league, had a nice showing with Utah last year. Maybe if he bounces back yeah. and becomes a decent player, I mean, is you that could, the guy? Eh, 
I don't think he was quite good enough to make that much of a case. Like Dennis Smith, but we're talking because we were talking like Cam Reddish. Like if Cam Reddish just blew up with the Lakers, like he would be the guy because he was terrible, bounced around teams. Chris Dunn was pretty bad with some teams and has bounced around. They were roasting him his first preseason game. Um, I'm not saying he's were. good. I'm just yeah, Dennis oh, Smith, Cam Reddish. Yeah, Cam Reddish. Dennis Smith Jr. might be a better example than he's another one. Yeah, than um, Chris Dunn even. But the problem is, is Dennis Smith Jr. has always been kind of injury prone, so and he's always been super reliant upon his athleticism. And when you deal with a bunch of injuries, that starts to go earlier on in your career. So uh, I don't really know how much of a shelf life Dennis Smith Jr. has left at this point. Is he? He's still in Charlotte, isn't he? I think. I think. Yeah. So I don't know. As, as far as Ant goes, like, yes, he has his flaws. It's just funny to see like Jordan Poole get ranked far higher than him, Austin Reeves get far ranked far higher than him. And I'm an Austin Reeves fan. I've been an Austin Reeves fan since his days in college. Uh so do you think Austin but do you think Austin Reeves is better than Anthony Simons? I don't think you have enough of a sample size of anything from Austin Reeves to say that he's better than Anthony Simons. I think you could say if he was... Let's just say off of last season. Last se- Let's say last season is Austin Reeves' peak. He doesn't improve, but he's that level all the time. Is he better than Anthony Simons last season? No, I don't think so. I, I think it literally comes down to he's in L.A. and he's a Laker. But he also can handle the basketball and makes plays for others. I mean, not at a higher rate than Ant does. On the court, though, Tori, like when you're watching the games, don't you think Austin Rivers makes more of an effect on the game than Anthony Simons does? Austin Rivers? What did I, is that what I said? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, don't you think Austin Rivers is better? Well, when, uh, he played Austin ag- Reeves. when he played against us in the playoffs, he, yeah, but. Oh, Austin Rivers kills the Blazers. Ugh. But. I, I'm just talking like, you can throw numbers at me too, and I agree. Anthony Simons has great numbers. I've never denied that. Uh, I'm just saying, like when I watch the games, I don't think he makes much of an impact on the court. I never have. I, I need him to make make himself better, make his teammates better. I've never seen him do that. With Austin Reeves, he makes his teammates better. I just and think the that... and the Lakers were really good. Like the Lakers, I thought were going to the NBA Finals. They were the second best team in the West with him as like their primary ball handler. I hate the makes his teammates better statement. I just as a basketball player, Tori, it's not all about stats. I I I, look, I, I know it's I not all about stats, stats, but like but I made my teammates better. I'm I didn't get making assist. teammates better is so like ambiguous and impossible to even argue otherwise. Like you could say that or not say that about anyone because it could mean so many different things. That's true. Like I I don't know. You know it's. Austin Reeves makes his teammates better. Okay, how much of that is because he's also playing next to LeBron, who really makes his teammates better, you know? Austin Reeves is a good player. I just think you flip these guys' situations. Nobody thinks Austin Reeves is the better player than Anthony Simons. If Anthony Simons is out there putting 21 points per game up as a Los Angeles Laker, he's a top 60 player in the league. Top 50, maybe. Um, I just, I just... We're going to find out about Ant, because... Ant has an opportunity to make this his team, right? Like, I think you could agree with that. I th- I think so. I think Anthony yeah. Simons and ha- like Scoot, Scoot is obviously the dude and he's, it's going to be Scoot's team because I think he's the real alpha, but if Anthony Simons really wants it to be, he can be the best player on the court and he can make it. So it's tough for it to be Scoot's era. Like if people ask me like, Hey, you know what, you know, what's the era? The day mayor is over. What's next. It's the Scoot Henderson era. It's nobody else. And it's no question 
Anthony Simons has got to take that from him. I don't, I don't know that he will, but he has an opportunity to do that. I mean, I don't view it like that. I don't think Ant is ever going to be like the number one on a contending team. Um, I think he, depending on who your best player is, he might be able to be good enough to be your number two on a contending team. And then I think he could be a number three on a contending team for sure right now. Um, is kind of how I view him. But don't you think as long as he doesn't play average to, uh, you know, slightly above average defense, he'd be best fitted as like a sixth man? I mean, it just depends on like with his skill set. His it skill depends set on how is your like, roster hey, is I'm going to come in and score. It's not something where if you have a defender like him in your starting lineup, your defense is destined to suck. If you have no, good defensive you have pieces, have you have to have too. a balance. You got you to gotta have defenders. But guess what? Here's the thing. If we had been stuck as a really good defensive team that had a struggling offense the past eight years, we would value what Anthony Simons does a little bit we higher. Would. We would. You know, it's just because we've had the opposite because we've just had a luxury of guards and guys that can do all sorts of things. And then even when... You know, even when we get rid of Damian Lillard, now we still have Shaden Sharp, Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, Malcolm freaking Brogdon. It's just like we cannot get away from having a bunch of good guards. And it almost becomes a situation where we take that sort of shot making for granted, take that sort of scoring for granted. Now, you know, it's a legitimate argument when you look around the league and say these guys don't have a ton of trade value. Look at Jordan Poole, although I think Jordan Poole is noticeably worse than Anthony Simons. I'm not a Jordan Poole fan. Um... But like, look at Tyler Hero. Look at look at Anthony. Um, I do think that it is harder to get teams to to buy these guys. Um, part of that might be Hero makes a little bit more. I don't really know exactly what the Blazers could get for Anthony Simons. Um, but these are also the guys where it's like just a little bit of improvement, and they take a huge step in the eyes of GMs, right? Because Ant right now, twenty one point per game score, four assists a game. If he improves scoring a little bit more and gets a little bit better of an opportunity where he can take a few more shots a game. All of a sudden he's averaging 25, 26 a game. And then how is he looked at when he's putting up numbers like that? Because then you're getting to the territory where it's like, Oh, you can make the case that this dude is a star caliber player that any team in the league should want. So it's just kind of an interesting conundrum with these types of two guards. No, it, it's true. Uh, for what it is, uh, I, I, I had heard in the offseason at the very start that the Blazers were looking to trade Anthony Simons. Like, he was on their list of guys they wanted to trade, and they didn't. So, um, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means they couldn't get anything for him, or if that means they changed their mind after, you know, they knew that they kind of had to trade Dame. Like, it, it could be either one of those things, but uh, that you know, that's just what I, uh, what I had gone in thinking about it. I mean, what's the odds of them trading Anthony Simons and then we're having all these conversations about Shaden Sharp that we had about CJ McCollum and that we're having right now about well Anthony the difference <laughs> the obvious difference is Shaden Sharp is just taller right that's, like that's the only that's the only difference that should not be such a sticking point I know that but it, it matters but it shouldn't the Blazers be been burned Tori they've been burned if you can defend you can defend if you can't you can't it's that simple like <laughs> It, thing, okay, but here's here's my thing about Avery Simons, and here is another reason why uh, Chad reminded me of this. Where is that at? Taylor Packer. His archetype is a his archetype is a dime a dozen. That's true. Like, look at uh, there's a lot of scores that were drafted late first round, early second round. We even talked about it. Jordan Clarkson, Jordan Poole, Anthony Simons, Cam Thomas. When he plays, he can put up bro, twenty Cam points Cam Thomas a night. has done nothing. 
He can put. He, he 40, put up, he, it, hey, no, I, I'm saying if he played 30 minutes a night, he can score 20 points a game. Don't act like he can't. Mm, he he. Von, Von not Wafer, a, not, dude, not he, efficiently. Back in the day, Von Wafer was getting double digit points in like 18 minutes. Like there are dudes that are six three to six four, six two that can score the basketball. You can find them in the NBA. That was that's my only problem with Anthony Simons is he's undersized to play defense, and then he doesn't play good defense either. If he played really good defense, I'd have no problem with him. But he's a good scorer who plays below average defense, and I think you can find those guys in the NBA. And you don't want to pay them twenty five million dollars a year. That's my only problem with him. Here's the thing. And so with, I... so with Shaden Sharp, he's just bigger, and so that you don't even have to worry about the size. Like. You don't find guys that are 6'6 that can do that. You can find guys that are 6'3 that do that. Here's the thing I feel like you're overlooking is, sure, you can find guys that can put up 20 points per game, but are they doing it efficiently? Like Cam Thomas, if you gave him a role right now, in my opinion, where he's playing 30 minutes a game and getting 20 points per game, I don't think he's doing it as efficiently as Anthony Simons. I also don't think he's as willing of a passer as Anthony Simons. He averages... He averaged 1.4 assists per game in 17 and, minutes and last year. Like, Cam Thomas is more of a black hole than Anthony Simons is. So that's the thing. To is clarify, say it's like I'm not archetype. saying that he's better. Yes, his, the archetype. You but there's better versions of the archetype and being but, better but how matters. Helpful, how helpful on the court is an undersized guard that doesn't really pass great or play good defense? Like, you as a player. Like, did you, do you it like playing with guys that are like that? I don't. I don't think he's a selfish player. I wouldn't I think he's a selfish I don't player. I don't he's, think he's selfish, but because he, he's not—he's not black hole, but he doesn't make his teammates better. He doesn't pass it, the, just, uh, the people up. It just depends on your team construct. Like a team like Memphis, I mean, they kind of have a logjam in a lot of positions. Like they do have a lot of depth, but they need shooting. They need shot making. They need somebody that can run off of screens. Like that's why they wanted Luke Kennard so freaking bad. But Luke Kennard yeah. is nowhere near as good as Anthony Simons, right? But like, if you're looking at you know, if you're looking at other teams that have a wealth of offense, then yeah, he's not that valuable. And that's the thing is, I just think it comes back to team construct and it be comes back to the conversation of, um, you know, we've we've had this for so long that we don't think it's that valuable because we've been desperate for defense, desperate for size, desperate for length. So in the right situation, I think he's insanely, insanely valuable. In the wrong situation, he's probably not that valuable. I don't think it's something that you can really analyze in a vacuum. Um, and I think if he's on a, a better team than he's been the last couple of years, he's given you 20 points per game even more efficiently because that was the thing with him last year was he's taken like nine threes a game and a lot of them are insanely difficult looks, but he's still shooting the three ball with very solid efficiency still shooting it almost 38 percent if you get him in an offense that has a couple more playmakers maybe or a little bit more offensive talent those threes are a little bit more open he's probably shooting above 40 percent from three which he's been doing in his career and even though he struggles defensively having a guy that can shoot above 40 percent from three attack off the dribble a bit and then make the right read and make the right pass when it's there even though he's not going to be a guy that's you know, averaging six, seven assists per game. He's still getting four somehow. Having that type of player, I still think is valuable in the right situation um, for, for a contending team. So, you know, I think last year, Milwaukee really needed an Anthony Simons type player. I think Miami, especially in the finals, really needed an Anthony Simons or a Tyler Hero type of player. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, how I, that's how I view it. That's my opinion. No, it's, that's fair. No, and uh, yeah, again... 
you know, the thing about you and me is, Tori, uh, we both think differently on a lot of things, but we all ultimately have the right goal, and that's to win a championship. So it's always it's always in the good spot. It's always in a you know out of good love here, but I think you're wrong on that. I just I hope Anthony Simons has a good season, right? Like I think I I hope that he really can improve because I know a lot of people do like him, um, and he seems like a good kid. Like he seems like he's really you know down to earth, and he works hard. Um, I, I, I just need to see a little bit more production, a little more improvement this season. And I think he has a chance to, like I said, the, you know, the whole thing we started this on was, you know, he has a chance to really be that leader on this team before Scoot kind of takes over, in my opinion. So I hope he does that. Yeah. No, I love um, arguing. I love arguing. That's what this podcast needs to be. We need to get it all out. This It's called well, Scorching Trails for a reason. We could have come up with something a lot more mundane if we were just going to sit here and agree on everything. So... Yeah, no, it's it's cool, man. I uh, again, I'm rooting for him. Again, I'm a Blazer fan. I, I hope he does well. Uh, you know, the Blazer Uprise podcast network here. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of you got a lot of contributors now, Tori. Yeah, I uh, I'm I got I got a beef with one of them. <laughs> with one of them? Oh man. <laughs> well, I got a beef with you always, but oh that's, yeah, that's yeah. Given. Uh, five oh three. Yeah. <laughs> what would he do? <laughs> I mean, did you see this tweet or not? I'm sure you saw the tweet. Uh, maybe. I don't know. He tweets a lot, so I miss some of them. He does. I, I need to go back and find it. Jeez. Uh, Hold on. Searching. The suspense. Uh-uh. The suspense. Dun, 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 I wish dun, I had dun. suspense. Oh, yeah. Here it music is. Music to play right now. October 10th. This is against. This is the Breakers game, right? Against New Zealand? Yes. He puts out, it's really a shame Brock is going to try to gonna take out most of the minutes Mays would get because he's a very serviceable backup point guard. He is a legit NBA player. Yeah, let's. Uh, it's really a shame that the reigning sixth man of the year is going to get minutes over Skylar Mays, who's bounced around the league and is on a two-way contract that couldn't get a regular NBA deal. That's my beef. Skylar Mays hasn't bounced around the league though. He's, he's been on what two teams already? And then is, how many years? This is, is his second NBA? team. <laughs> this is how, second how many team. years has he been in the NBA? This is his. He's going into his fourth year in the NBA. He was stuck so in Atlanta been, behind so he, Trey Young and. He couldn't even get a regular contract, Tori. He's on two-way. Why, he why, hasn't, why, he, he, let me just say this. He hasn't had as much of an opportunity as Cam Reddish oh or Nick Stauskas. These are the type of guys you take a chance on. He looked... I I like Skylar Mays. I'm not saying I don't. I'm just saying let's, let's not... We, at one preseason game, let's not just say, hey, he deserves time over yeah. the reigning sixth man of the year. No, like, I don't think that's what he was saying. I think it was, I think this is what he was saying was... This goes, this goes back to year, couple, two years ago when I read a Trenton Watford is the next Julius Randle tweet, and I wanted to... I don't know. Okay, out. that was one person, man. That was what oh, I'm thinking. God, I think 99.9 percent of Blazer fans would have said, "No, that's a little too far." Uh, oh. Here's the thing with Skylar Mays. He looked really another really, Blazer podcaster, by the way. He looked really, really good to end last season, but I it like was Skylar for Mays. a tanking team. But like, he looked very steady and made the right decisions and shot the ball well and averaged eight assists a game without much offensive talent around him, right? And it's, I think it's sort of the situation where, like, I think he's saying, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to speak for him or anything. I'm just taking a guess here. But I think he's saying it would be better to trade Malcolm Brogdon and get value back for him and then see if Skylar Mays can continue to do what he did last year in a situation that would be a little bit more legitimate and legitify him as an NBA guy. Look, I I like five hundred three. I don't know that I follow him. I don't follow a lot of people though, so that's you don't even follow not... the Blazers Uprise Twitter account. <laughs> I don't. So. I don't. I, I don't. Um, that's 
that's a me problem. But <laughs> so I don't I don't have a problem with him. I just you know I was just kind of trolling here and uh, on Twitter when I replied to it. But I agree, Scott Mays is a good player. But like, let's not again. It's preseason. Let's not overreact to just like a couple bad plays and say, hey, Malcolm Brogdon, let's uh, not get minutes. Just put out like, hey, I think Scott Mays could be a serviceable guy in the NBA. Like, not like, hey, he deserves minutes over Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> that's my problem. Oh man! I see. I think, my problem is I take these two things too seriously. I read one tweet and I go with it. I'm like, everyone thinks this way. Everybody is crazy. Everyone's like crazy pills. You you just hate bench players. It's because you were a no, starter I, your whole career. You hate bench hell players. Hell yeah! I'm a star because they bro. were the ones who would take you out of the game. No, they wouldn't. You know why? I just play the whole game. <laughs> really? I'm Travis Hunter out there. How many how many minutes a game did you play in college? I don't know. Do you want me to look it up? I don't think yeah. I don't think there's stat the stats don't go back back that far. No. I, I think mean, uh, first team I think all my, league and you know I think my senior year I averaged probably like twenty nine minutes a game or something. Oh, I was when I was at in college, college. Yeah, oh, that's what I'm you played, senior, senior oh, college. you played. Oh, you played four years. Four years. Yeah. I'm thinking like JUCO. You JUCO four years. When I was when I was in JUCO, I was mid. I was mid thirties for sure. Yeah, there's numerous games where I wouldn't go out. Yeah, I was like. I was like eight. Yeah, you were the guy coming in to spell me. Ugh. It was uh, disgusting. It was gross. But... No, that, no, that, so that's that's just my thing. I, again, preseason is fun. Like basketball is back. We could be excited about the Blazers, but let's just let's just calm the takes down a little bit. All right, just calm down. Taylor that's all I can. That's all I ask for. Taylor says Reddit is fuming at these basketball stories right now. Yeah, I want Reddit to yell at him. That's why I'm bringing up his yeah. college days because Reddit can't. Can't stand it when I talk about myself. Um, Receipts. And so hey, no, no disrespect to five hundred three. I I respect five hundred three. He's okay. I just, he, I just didn't respect that take. He's he's pretty good about being chill. You know he he runs just an Twitter unchill. spaces. It's an unchill take. He runs Twitter spaces, and I was listening into a couple of them this off season. And there's like Miami Heat fans coming in there, like the audacity of you blazer fans the way you talk about our franchise and he's just like yeah i i understand how you feel i understand how you feel like he is he's is very even keeled he's actually he's the anthony simons of the blazers uprise podcast network he's the anthony Ooh. simons um, so he ha- he has the opportunity. So no to wonder take you over. Do- no wonder you don't like him. <laughs> no wonder I don't like his takes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, well, you know, I want to do like weekend shows, roundtable shows, where we get like three or four people, kind of around the horn style things. So maybe you will get your opportunity at some point. Well, this yeah, yeah, again, to- I I got no problem with them. I just like to troll a little bit, and uh, you know, I tell you this story all the time. I I definitely respect what you do, and so you know, if you vouch for somebody, you know, I got their back. So um, that's what it is. I just the take. I just didn't like the take. Yep. Um, we can take questions from chat. Is there any? Oh, did you see Webby Wait, tonight? What? Uh, yeah, I did. Dude, the, oh my uh, god! <laughs> he legit got a screen from what, like thirty-two feet, and then crossed over between the legs, left hand, and then goes step back jumper. Like, and in, that's yeah, in and insane. out into that the is, cross. Oof. That is one of the best plays I've ever seen in my life. Like I, I showed my wife that. I'm like, Emma, did you see this? That was insane. She's like, Yeah, cool, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's one of those guys that like when he's on TV, I will not be able to refuse watching the game. Think think how close the Blazers were to getting Victor Wembanyama. 
and all all the all the blazer problems would have been solved literally every single one ownership we would have a thousand people in chat right now because that's how much the channel would have blown up yeah people people were like when we moved up to three i was very sad that we didn't get one and and people in our chat were like why are you so sad and it's like because i want freaking wemby like what do you mean we wouldn't even be complaining about jody allen or bert colt We'd be like, oh, yeah, Wimbanyama is going to solve everything. Yeah, Dame and Wimbanyama are going to win a chip together. Like, Dame would still be here. Oh, 100%. Actually, I don't know. Knowing what you know knowing what you know now, you don't think Joe Cronin would have tried to trade Dame? No, I think Joe Cronin would have been saved where it's a situation where, like, he doesn't have his Dame replacement, and it's like the team should be really freaking good next year because you got Wemby, and he's going to be really, really good. And for as bad as our defense is, if there's – one guy that could maybe come in and like fix it, it's when Banyama. I mean, did you see a couple I, I of the defensive possessions today where he just like controls the whole end of the floor? So I, I agree. He was yeah. like, obviously the perfect guy, but like knowing what Cronin did leading up to all this Dame stuff and then knowing what Cronin did like to trade Dame, you don't think there's a chance like Cronin's like, I'm kind of done with you, bro. Like, I, I kind of just want you out. No, because Dame would have never requested a trade, and Cronin would have. Like, he could, yeah, he could. That would have been Cronin, too much backlash. Cronin, yeah, if they got Wemby, and then Cronin like is trying to force Dame out, he would have gotten. Look. He, he I think even I might be pissed on that one. Even even when he got Scoot, he didn't want to look like he was the one forcing Dame out. He wanted it to look like it was everything on Dame's end, and he was getting screwed by the agent, and he just had to do what's best for the team, and then he does all the trades, and now he's some savior because now we actually have a great young core and this and that like you know he cares about his pr so no nah, no nah, there's no chance yeah, of that and he could have sat there that was the thing wemby with wemby they could have played both timelines at the same time and been fine that's a good point so you're right i i i wish man i wish uh <laughs> yeah javon who needs wemby let's go get kai jones i agree do you have any kai jones thoughts yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I hope he's okay. Dude, I thought he was going to be so good, actually. And... It, I mean, he dunked all over Wimby in the Summer League. And he can kind of dribble and kind of shoot. Yeah. He's kind of... He's really talented. Is he like... He's like Myers Leonard, where physically he's very gifted. And Myers Leonard couldn't really dribble or do, do much anything. other than shoot. But he could shoot, right? And he was he tall. But it's yeah. just like the head on their shoulders just wasn't what it needed to be in order to get them to greatness, right? Like, that was a big problem with Myers, um, just with, like, his mental Myers approach Leonard, to the game. Is he the guy that defines the Neil O'Shea era the most? <laughs> is he? Because was that his draft pick? Wasn't it? Yeah, but... You, people, yeah, no, because no, no, O'Shea, no, it it was, was, no, no, O'Shea no, no, took I, credit for Dame. Yeah, but no, this is what I'm saying, is... When it comes to Dame, nobody wanted to give Olshay credit like that was his pick, right? It was like they already yeah, laid the groundwork. That's what I'm saying, though. That was the year before. The, the next year was Leonard. No, Myers Leonard and Damian Lillard got drafted in the same draft. Oh, they did. That's right. They did. Yeah. Yeah, 6 yeah. and 11. What? That's right. I was thinking it was with CJ. No, CJ was uh, by yeah. himself. Yeah. So that's he the thing. Is CJ like, was the next year. Like, does Olshay not get credit for Dame, but gets credit yeah, he, for Myers Leonard because Myers Leonard Myers was Leonard. bad? <laughs> He gets credit for Myers and no credit for Dave. I agree. Yeah. Screw that so, guy. I mean, it, it, it kind of does. I think... Taylor Packers and CJ McCollum... Myers Leonard has some funny stats, dude. Yeah. 
Yeah, but wasn't he like 50, 40, 90 one year or something? And it's just like he didn't do much. Like he didn't. He play also much. had an. He also played an entire season, which was only thirty three games, where he didn't have a block shot <laughs> as a seven footer. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. Like he was so okay. Who's more allergic to had, this skill? Who's according to my my counting? He had forty three straight games without a block shot. <sighs> okay, is he more allergic? Forty Is he more allergic to blocking shots, or is Jeremy Grant more allergic to getting rebounds? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, it might be Grant. The <laughs> thing is, is I if Jeremy Grant rebounded, like he would be so much better, wouldn't he? Yeah. Like it's not that hard to rebound. Like it's just about being in position, boxing out, and then pursuing the ball. The ball's but in the air. Go like grab it. Out necessarily. Like, it's just go run and get it. Like just be in the right spot. Because in the NBA, a lot of dudes just run back a defense. They didn't go for it. You could take a prehistoric caveman, and he would figure out. Oh, go grab ball. But Jeremy Grant just—I I don't know. He just also, doesn't rebound. I don't get it. I also think rebounding is just like one of the more overrated stats in the NBA. So, um, I the, just, how from, I'll put it. How from, I'll put it is like maybe rebounding as a stat might be overrated. Like if you're boxing out and helping your team get rebounds, then that is more meaningful than just grabbing the rebounds yourself. Right? Like Russell Westbrook's rebounds. I never thought really mattered because it was like Steven Adams would box out one or two guys and then let Russ grab the rebound. Well, and like 50% of his rebounds were all uncontested. It was just him. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's like Josh Hart's, rebounding was very valuable because he for his size would pursue the hell out of the ball and didn't really give up many offensive rebounds the problem is like a drew eubanks okay like you've got to bring him up this stream so that was the problem with drew eubanks is like rebounding stat wise it wasn't bad but like he would give up so many offensive rebounds don't hate on drew that's so fun that they get to have that. My youngest, all year. my youngest son favorite player is Banks. Well, he does he like Nurk? Does I don't he know like that he knows who Nurk is. Oh. No, he likes Drew Eubanks and Jimmy That's... Butler. Huh, weird. Those are his, those are his two favorite players: Jimmy Butler and Drew Eubanks. <laughs> He's four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the he was on the video. He's in the one on one. Yeah. Yeah, he's the one Jimmy that... Butler. He he likes Jimmy Butler because my dad showed him a video of Jimmy Butler walking around with his shirt off, and so now he takes his shirt off and says he's Jimmy Butler. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, and then he likes. I don't know why he likes uh, Drew Eubanks. I think it's just because he dunks. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, when we played one on one, and he came running across the court when you were shooting your fadeaway. Do you know what play I'm talking about? No, I blocked that day out. <laughs> Did you not watch back the video at all? No, I watched some of it. Only my shots. Usually, uh, your shots. It was one joking. of your shots. Yeah, I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, was what was he doing? No, there's just a play where like you, he was running across the court behind you, randomly ran onto the court, and you were shooting a turnaround fadeaway when he was like right behind you. I'm like, oh my goodness, he's gonna fade away into his kid and step on his kid. <laughs> I, if it's the oldest one, the oldest one would probably. No, it was cry. the youngest the little, one. Yeah, the little one. He's fine. I, you could nail that guy. He's he's okay with everything. But you're a big dude. I was scared. That's that's. I rude. let you score because of that's it. Rude. That's rude. So it was really good job by your son well, to a low help blow. you out. Low blow, dog. 
When are we getting the rematch to? When do you want the rematch? Uh, whenever you want. Okay, my ankle is like 75, 80%. Oh, yeah, you're going to be complaining about your ankle. I will play you what's on the, a. I will play you the, on. Have a, you ever had like a serious injury? No, this is the most serious injury I've ever had. Yeah, I never like uh, tore anything. I've, I mean, I hurt, I've hurt my ankle really bad. But I hurt my hip really bad one time in high school. But yeah, ankles, dude, those this is the worst. I played on it yesterday and was decent. I just can't like layups off of one leg off my ankle is just not fun at all. That's why you just shoot threes, dude. Just shoot the three pointers. Yeah. My shot's a mess right now, and I'm out of shape, so um, it's a struggle. But yeah, need to get a rematch in soon. Uh, yeah. Anyway, okay. we'll take take questions from chat if you have any questions, chat. If not, we'll wrap this up pretty soon. Been a fun episode. Uh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to being able to like recap action when you actually want to talk about basketball because I know you don't want to talk about preseason. But well, what I'm do you just... want to talk about? We could bring up a topic. I'll talk about it if you want to. Okay. Um, Scoot last night thoughts. The thing about Scoot is obviously he's not going to be able to shoot threes this early in his career. I, this whole year, I don't know that he'll be able to do that. At some point, he's going to have to develop that shot or else that's going to be a real problem. But the guy, I love Scoot. The guy has like the it factor and he's definitely the alpha. So I love everything Scoot. I love everything about him, but he he's going to have to develop some type of jump shot. But he is so quick, Tori. Like he's going to have some crazy plays, but he's going to turn the ball over a lot. So you talked about we talked about that last time. Like, what could be the biggest downfall of the Blazers? I think I think you're right on with the turnovers. Scoot's gonna have a lot of turnovers this year. Yeah, six last night. He was two for five from three last night, which was good to see. But it was like it's all just, wide open yeah. catch and shoot where defenses were leaving him, and it's just such a night and day difference from like, what dude, we're used just, to at the point go guard under, position. Yeah, they're gonna go under every single screen, and it's gonna make a problem with the regular season. Like he won't have those open lanes all the time. Now he's so good. And athletic, he'll get there sometimes, but like he's gonna have to develop some type of, you know, step back, step back off the screen, or just a, you know, come off the pick and roll and hit a three. Yeah, like he's gonna have to develop that shot. I'm gonna miss having a guy that like pulls up off the pick and roll from three the way Dame does because that's just, true. That's I well, love Ant's role now. Ant's got to do that. Yeah, that Ant doesn't. I feel like Ant doesn't really do a ton of that. I feel like instead of dribbling straight into not, it, I, I feel like, like see, I think he's good when he does it too, but like. He doesn't yeah. do it enough. But you, you know what he does is like instead of taking the pull up when it's right there and just stepping straight into it, I feel like he'll like step into it, keep his dribble, and then like snake his dribble out to the side and then shoot a step back. Like he yeah, doesn't he just like try, go straight. He always into tries to go step back. Yeah, he always go step back. He turns it he'll into never, an ice. He'll never go. One, he'll never go one dribble straight up into the shot, which yeah. I think he's good at. Like when he does that, I'm like, all right, that's a good shot. But I don't know, I'm not a big step back guy. So yeah, it's like because I never, I never could do it. If you're able to do it, then that hezzy off the screen is just so freaking deadly. If you're able to just yeah. dribble straight into it, and defenses know, like, oh, this dude's a lethal shooter, and he's willing to just pull up with any space, then all of a sudden they're they're worried about any sort of space you got. So that hesitation. Is, is very deadly. You see it with Steph. You see it with Dame. Dame would come off pick and rolls going left and throw in just like the weakest of hesitations and defenders would fly out at him and then he'd have a lane and then he'd go score. But the thing about, thing about Dame was is he wasn't doing that as a rookie either. Like he developed that as well. So, I mean. Yeah, but like his I, first three I, of his, the, his career was a somewhat deep NBA three. He was a shooter. Well, I, I think we can, I think we can both agree that Dame is a more skilled player than Scoot is when they came into the league, like skills wise. Yeah. But I think Scoot's a better athlete than Dame he was. Is. Dame was a hell of an athlete, but I think 
Dame's obviously just more skilled. I, so I'm not. I don't want to be too hard on Scoot, you know, because Scoot's- I think he's gonna he's gonna learn that stuff. And it took Dame a little bit, and then Dame perfected it. Like Dame, Dame is a perfectionist in that kind of stuff. Now, like that body movement, he doesn't have to be a great athlete. Like I see uh, Eric Olson says, Dame's a more efficient with his movement because he he's worked on that. Like Scoot has to work on that kind of stuff. But I think just overall, you look and Scoot's a better athlete than Dame ever was. But Dame is just a smarter, pure basketball player. I At think this point. Scoot's... Dame was also 22 when he came to yeah. the league, right? 22, 23? True, true. I, yeah, as a, as 19-year-olds, Scoot is far better than Dame was, maybe even skill-wise, like Dame wasn't highly recruited. But yeah, yeah. I think Scoot's acceleration and deceleration is better than Dame's ever was, which is saying something as far as the acceleration it's part. Crazy, yeah. It's because, crazy, like, Dame's yeah. always been pretty quick. But, like, Scoot, do you see the play where he caught the pass? He drew a foul on Saban Lee last night. I don't know how much of the game you watched last night, but like he just yeah. caught the pass and all of a sudden was at like a hundred miles an hour instantly. That's the like the thing about Dame is like I've never I always argue like Dame's not the quickest of guys. He's just so explosive. Yeah. And you're right, like Scoot's even more explosive than Dame is. Yeah. But then like, also that's cr- it's crazy to think. Like that's I mean, he has Hall of Fame elite athleticism. Now, will he ever develop that type of game? Like any type of you know skills? I think he can. I think he will. But we'll see, man. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a bumpy ride this season with Scoot. There's gonna be a lot of ups and downs. But I, I tell you what, I do love him. You think he? Uh, you think he has any chance of winning Rookie of the Year over Wimby? I'll say before I I still want to make a point about his oh yeah athleticism. make a point sorry um his I think a big thing for Scoot is like the way he's able to change directions out of being like full speed or close to it right like that little euro step he had last night at full speed in the open court but then also his first game the first bucket he had where he like did a quick step and pound dribble to the right and then and then like let his defender go by him and like immediately accelerated in the other direction almost and got to the rim got a layup like his ability to change directions and like decelerate and accelerate out of that is insanely impressive um, and I think that's Dame, Dame could always accelerate, but like he was never somebody that would like take a 90 degree angle, 90 degree turn, or like really explode in a much different direction than where he was going. If that makes sense. Like scoots, yeah. scoots different. Like his movement patterns are, are completely different than Dame. And that's a big reason why I think scoot is so nice is that. It's not just athleticism, it's functional athleticism. Like, yeah. the some of the moves he's able to do just with his footwork and the way he can can explode out of, out of, just explode out of any situation even, is very impressive. Um, but, Wemby's winning. The, okay, not to overreact <laughs> to preseason, but, games. yeah, like, the stuff Wemby's doing, it, none of it's surprising me, but it's also just like, yeah, okay, he's, you know, we you needed any, to see him yeah. do it at the NBA level, and now we're after two preseason games, it's like, yeah, okay, he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Did did you have any hesitation uh, after summer league when he kind of struggled a little bit? <sighs> no, I because I, I did. Was one I the, did not. It was one of the things where it's like, huh, that's that's weird. Like, I need to see how he looks in preseason because if he looked like that in preseason, then it, then I'd be starting to worry. But that's why I was so curious to see him play in preseason more than any other rookie ever was because I wanted to see if it was going to look like summer league. And the fact that he's come out and just look, com- you know, completely dominant is very impressive. I wonder how much of that is summer league showed him what he needs to work on to prepare for the 
regular season to prepare for the NBA, which that's what Summer League's supposed to be. It's supposed to help these young guys show them where they need to improve in order to take their game to the next level in the NBA or prepare for the NBA when they're rookies. I, and I wonder I how much think, that helped uh, helped them. Yeah, I also think with Summer League, it's more that's more like the G League where it's harder for big guys to do anything. Like it's such a guard-oriented game in Summer League. And same with the G League. Like those G League guys aren't going to get the ball a lot. So I feel like Wemby like is out of his element where the NBA, like Popovich is going to get him in the right spot, right? Make it a lot easier for him. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. He's going to be fun to watch, man. So um, anyway, before we head out of here, this episode of Scorch and Trails has been brought to you by Manta Sleep Mask. You guys know them by now. They are the number one sleep mask company on the market. Uh, got a ton of products for you at mantasleep.com. And if you use our promo code UPRISE, you get a 10% discount. There's a link for the Manta website down in the description box below. You guys know I love the, the sound mask. I use it for midday meditation. Do you meditate, Steven? You ever meditated mm, before? Um, I have... I've never meditated. I've done some yoga, so that's kind mm-hmm. of meditating. Like you just kind of relax and sit there. But I, uh, my brain has a hard time shutting off. So uh, I could definitely use the Manta sleep mask. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. So I, I need to try yoga, especially with how tight my legs oh, are. That sort dude, of thing. It, I tell you what, it if you do it consistently, it helps a lot. Like it's weird if you just start like stretching and doing stuff like that. It helps a lot. So yeah, no, but I just. My brain just doesn't turn off, and it's a real problem. It makes me go crazy. So, uh, yeah, I, I need that. Hook me up. I get, dude. I get too. I guess. Up. I guess I'll use the use the promo. Yeah, code. use the promo code. I got you hooked up with the promo code, so yeah. it helps helps me out. My helps you out. Um, also, I think it's a great gift, right? Like you show someone you care about their sleep, or um, you know, there's sleep masks, and then the sound mask is good because I know a lot a lot of people love to fall asleep to white noise or rain or that sort of thing. But really good gift. But for me, dude, I get so sped up with all the little things I'm working on, putting out all these podcasts now, videos, trying to prep for the season. You know, I go hard on graphics. You know, I do too much on Twitter, right? Like, I'm just always doing something and I'll get into these modes. <laughs> you do argue with people on Twitter a lot. Oh, my so. God. A little too much. I'll get into these modes where I'm just like frantic for no reason. <laughs> and I'm just I like, do, uh, I do enjoy though when you get arguments on Twitter because then it brings us content. I can bring it up and be like, what's my favite Tory argument of the week? That's why I do just, it. I'm just uh, so start arguing more so I can bring it so we can do that topic again of uh, what is my favorite Tory Jones argument on Twitter? Got you. Yeah. And you've, you've had a couple Thanks. of tweets the past week. I don't remember what they were, but it, I remember thinking that would that would be good to bring. Oh, hey, by the way, podcast. did you see that I broke news the other day? Yeah. The did Fox 12. Yeah, you see that was the first. I was the first one to have that. You okay? (laughs) You're in the lead because I think that was the first thing broken of the season. I don't think any media members have broken anything this season. I tell you what, I was the first. I made sure to. I checked to see if anyone else had tweeted it out yet. No one did, so I did. Yeah, Stevens in the lead. it's not that I know these things. I literally, the Blazers sent out an email like 20 oh. minutes before I put it out there. And then That's I looked, late. I was like, I looked at Heiken. I looked at Quig. No one to report. I'm like, look at, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to report and act like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Man, I thought you got a little bit of no, a scoop. I didn't. I probably, I, uh, I'm not in the breaking news business guys, but I just want to give myself credit. We need to get you in the breaking news business. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Dude, yeah, I just end up so scramble brained and frantic in so the that, my play, days. So I, I the use this Uprise thing. podcast network. Breaking news one. Yeah, 
yeah, you you are you are our woes. I'm the woes. I'm gonna next 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 episode. It's gonna say Stephen Wojnarowski. Scorching trails with Woj. Yeah, I mean, you only have to change two letters of your Twitter handle to to go along Ooh. with that. Yeah, Stephen Stephen Woj. Woj. On there it is. Um, but yeah, if you guys want a man's sleep mask or any other products, check out that link. Check out that promo code. Thank you to them for sponsoring this episode of Scorching Trails. Is the Scorching Trails name like starting to become natural yet? Um, I was I've been thinking about it all week. I'll be honest. Uh, yeah. Like I said, my brain doesn't turn off, and it's what you told me. Like, just remember, it's St for Stephen Tory, mm-hmm. and so I can kind of remember what it is now. But uh, yeah, I still have trouble remembering the name. Yeah, people. It's so many people have been like, "You should have did Blazing Trails," and it's like I've seen that like five places before. <laughs> it's not original enough. So, um, Scorch is better. And then the AI logo. So this logo that I have, it is it is clean though. Do you know who Chris is? On Twitter, uh, he yes. does all these insane edits, like really good. So normally, I anything that's like advanced. I just have him do, and I pay him. And I was asking him for a Scorching Trails logo, and he just wasn't responding, wasn't responding. So I'm like, screw it. Our show was, I think, you know, that, I think it was the day we had our first episode. And I was like, I just need a logo. I, I'm i going to go to AI on Bing and see what they can come up with. And, dude, like, I was really impressed because that, that, that logo has mountains in it. It has trees in it, and it has a trail that's like looks like it's a little bit on fire, and it's blazing yeah, it colors, the, it and blaze, it has the yeah. basketball going down the trail. The end of the trail looks like it turns into a waterfall, even like hit everything, man. So I was I was pretty impressed. Pretty you happy. Said that you created it yourself. Nah, I don't need to take credit for things I don't do. I don't need to take credit for breaking news when it was just an email. You know? I uh, hey, I, I admit it. I admitted that it wasn't me, but you know, I, oh, it's funny. Anyway, I'm looking forward to college football tomorrow. I know you you're big on that at seven fifty. Um, the game. Are PFT. you? Yeah. Are you rooting for anyone in this Oregon Washington um, matchup? I'm not. I'm not rooting for anybody. Um, I know you're not a big. Oregon guy. Nope. I'm not really a big Oregon guy. I know my boy Daniel. Daniel's a big Oregon guy. Yeah. Uh, so for him, I hope they win. But yeah, I'm not an Oregon guy. So I picked Washington this week. So I think I think Washington's gonna win the game. It'll be a fun game, though, man. It's just here, like in football, especially Tori. I don't know how you feel about it in tour or football, but like when the teams are pretty even, I just go to like better coach, better quarterback, home field advantage. And UW has all of them. They have the better yeah. coach. They got the better quarterback. They got the home field advantage. So like then I default and just go to them. So I, that, that was kind of my thought process in, in this one. But I'm me as a better, like I'm not even going to bet on the game, which is weird. Like if I watch a game, I'm going to usually bet on it. I really mm-hmm. have no good feel on it. I'm not even betting on this game. Yeah, I've I'm I'm a UW fan, but I probably dislike the Ducks more than I like Washington <laughs> because, man, I know a lot of people that watch us are Ducks fans, you know, and they're all pretty cool. Ducks fans, to me, have been obnoxious the last three weeks. I've had so many people guarantee that Oregon's going to beat Washington. Like, I can't wait till Oregon beats Washington. And it's like, man, normally, I honestly don't talk a lot of trash as a fan of a team. Like, I will talk trash about the Lakers or, you know, like, my most hated rivals, the Astros, a little bit. But I don't talk a lot of trash 
to other fan bases. You know, when everybody is freaking out at Heat fans this offseason, I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't freaking out. Like, of course, of course they want Dame. Some of them were a little obnoxious. I tell you what, I was glad when I, the whole Dame thing, I was rooting for Dame not to go to the Heat. Anybody but the Heat. Those guys were really, really annoying. I just, yeah, I put myself in their shoes like we'd want if there was a star you know what i mean like i understand where they're coming from with that whole saga so i'm not somebody that really likes to talk trash about sports but telling me how how good nikola jovich is that's all that's all (laughs) yeah yeah and then and then do i'm seeing heat fans say be patient he's a project like yeah exactly (laughs) generational talent though yeah yeah um but i i might make an exception tomorrow if Washington wins because I've heard so many Ducks fans talking trash and guaranteeing the win and just being being annoying about this game. So I might uh I might be acting differently tomorrow. We'll see. Hopefully I, I have so. a That'd reason. That'd be pretty to. funny. That'll be fun. That'll be fun to see you on Twitter going at all these duck fans. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm gonna lose so many followers. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll dude, gain it's... respect of me that's that's all that matters that's all that matters to me so yeah we'll, yeah. we'll see um <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> taylor says yeah tori was trying to be all gandhi like being all you can't label a group of people and i'm like hell nah heat fans suck man we i don't think they come around anymore so i guess i don't need to defend them but we had like cool heat fans coming in here donating and they were saying like i'm donating to pay the heat fan tax for all like the annoying heat fans that, heat i mean fans i'll be i mean you could say that about probably all fan bases though yeah exactly so you know i don't try and put groups of people into a box like that like, but a lot of those heat fans were annoying i agree they with were. you there was a lot of them. there was a lot of them so anyway um I think that wraps it up for this episode of Scorching Trails, unless there's anything else no. you want to dive into. Nah, we'll uh, we'll be back next week, right? And just talk some more uh, preseason basketball. Can't wait. Yep. Uh, <laughs> next week will be a pre-recorded episode. Basically, the way we're going to do it is if there's no games on Thursday, then we will record on Thursday and upload on Friday. If there's a game on Thursday during the season where – me and Eric are doing a post-game show late Thursday night. Then we'll probably just live stream this show on Friday. So that's when it'll be live. So last night, there's a preseason game. We did a post-game show. So that's why we're live streaming tonight. Just because it's it's a little much to like stream for an hour and a half, two hours, and then try and go at it with Steven. You know, I'm already kind of uh, tired, uh, You need exhausted. your full energy for this. Yeah, I need yeah. my full mental energy and capacity to be able to take on this. need a good this. night's sleep with the Manta mask and then come mm-hmm. back fully fully rested i get it exactly exactly so you know uh but yeah that's how we're gonna do it over the course of the season thank you guys for hanging out with us and chat shout out to anyone who's watching back afterwards uh and man it's a little different being the host with you you know since you host everything so pre-record i like it yeah ne- next time next time steven will be back with his outro of come on blazers do something but for now this has been Tori Jones and Stephen Vaughn. And until next time, as always, peace.